listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome to episode 99 of Cinemental. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about new? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word of life is then true. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Movie Podcast that we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making. My name is Stephen Hovicki, and I'm here, as usual, with my cohorts, Hassan Godwin and Latham Conger III. Oh, Our, now I'm a cohort. You're a cohort. Our <laughs> guest tonight, working in Chicago radio since 1990, leading to an Emmy nomination in 1997, and podcasting for over 15 years, the creator of the multi-platform program, Word Balloon. And if you don't know what it is, you should. John Suntries, welcome back to Cinemental. Hey, boys. Good to see you. Thank you for uh, welcoming me back. I appreciate it. I Happy to have you back. After uh, making you guys watch uh, Armed and Dangerous. I know that. Well, you know, we, we oh, felt really this bad. guy. Okay. We, now we, <laughs> we, we felt really bad about savaging you for Armed and Dangerous. So, uh, well, well, Latham didn't. But we, Hassan and I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm Put it on this cohort. <laughs> Hopefully this week was a little more. Those of us with a soul felt bad. Ah, That's all we're going to say. That's all. (laughs) Souls don't exist, Hassan. Let's not go down that road. Um, So, (laughs) anywho, let's let's all suffer from consumption. John, what do you got? Well, I was telling uh, Steve off the air that um, for something for wallpaper uh, lately. Why didn't you wait for the rest of us? What's that about? What's what do what do why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Why? Yeah, don't don't talk to him without us. That's not. Oh, how wow, I'm sorry, man. You no, got I here at nine thirty, Hassan. Yeah, right. Yeah. Showed up early. Showed up here five minutes to ten. Fine. Well, I always fine. do that with. Yeah, I always do that with my guests. I'm like, show up five minutes. Well, and a lot of times we're doing it live, obviously. But uh, what, are you gonna actually hold me responsible for the things I say and do? What kind of nonsense? Is this? <laughs> exactly. This is ridiculous. Hey, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Dare you, sir? <laughs> I'm no, sorry, I, I saw. I was watching uh, Eureka uh, over again. Uh, because oh. it's on Amazon Prime, and that was good background stuff. And I'd forgotten how much I enjoyed that show, and that was fun. Um, a new thing that I saw, new to me, I don't know how many years old it is. I love Amazon Prime because that is where I see a lot of old movies that I hadn't seen ever, or discover you know documentaries, especially. Sure. And I saw that they're easy Light- to find. They're very easy to find, unlike Amazon, which makes it makes it a hunt. You know, but no, he I'm just sorry. said no. He said Amazon was good for that. I mean, unlike yeah, I mean, uh, Netflix, I meant unlike oh, Netflix, Netflix, it makes it like a, a it's like a Easter hunt, Easter egg yes. hunt to find like yes. good things. On it. <laughs> no, you're right, but uh, but um, on Amazon, yeah, uh, the Gordon Lightfoot documentary. It's called If You Could Read My Mind. Saw it, it last week. Amazing. Saw it last week. Yep. Oh, there you go. I haven't seen oh it my yet. god, it was so good. It. And and. I'm and and uh, as evidenced by one of the movies that we're going to be talking about tonight, I'm always a sucker about the history of rock, and right. it was really great to hear what was happening in Canada in the '60s and '70s, in particular, 
alongside the American scene. Yeah. And, and you really don't realize that, goddamn, Gordon Lightfoot really is Canada's Bob Dylan. Oh, yeah. I, that's and the it, thing that got me was like the, the level of esteem at which they hold him in. I was just like, really? The, the, the Edmund Fitzgerald guy? Exactly. I'm like, wow, but, all right. <laughs> but if you, if you, I mean, and they do a good job in the film of really examining yes. his lyrics. Yes. And, and it's like, goddamn, this guy really is a poet. And and really is Canada's poet. So you get it. And it's like, that's fantastic. And the level of esteem that his peers yes. and, and the people that he inspired afterwards. Fantastic. So that was really great. Um, I'm behind on Bad Batch, but I've been watching it and enjoying it. What else have I seen? Oh, this morning I was watching. We have, I don't know if it's a digital channel everywhere, but we have one digital channel that's called Movies with an exclamation point. Okay. And they show old movies and they... they <laughs> They have commercials on it and everything. It's an over-the-air channel. Um, but it was uh, Bullets Over Ballots, and it's this old 1935 Edward G. Robinson Humphrey Bogart movie huh. where he's um, he's a framed district attorney, uh, Edward G. Robinson, so he has to go work for the racketeers now and <laughs> help them with the numbers racket and stuff. It's fantastic. It was real. It was a lot of fun That's watching funny. that this morning. Is it, like, is it like 75 minutes long? Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, but you know they pump in commercials and stuff yeah. yeah it's a classic warner brothers just shitting out movies as they did back in the 30s i always loved i read james cagney's uh, autobiography and he talked about that period and how he and betty davis are just like lamenting all the shit they had, had to make you know because they were just under contract and they had no choice and that's right. why both of them went independent in the 40s as they did yeah because they had to make so much garbage in the interim and stuff but this was this was great it's early bogart it's you know pre-1940 bogart so of course he's one of the heavies but you can't you can't take your eyes off him he's still amazing so yeah, awesome. that was really cool i'm trying to think of what else uh that sticks out um yeah those are those are like the big ones like i said yeah eureka but the gordon lightfoot thing yeah literally i saw it uh, yesterday and it blew my it it not only did he read my mind, he blew my mind. So that was cool. <laughs> and, uh, oh, and also uh, I have been on YouTube uh, because I, I um, maybe in, in fact, in preparation for this, I had forgotten. Um, I, uh, I was looking for on YouTube um, episodes of that WGBH uh, 1995 documentary called rock and roll. Okay. And it ran on PBS and everything. Mm. It's kind of like eyes on the prize where, to get the rights to probably re either put it out on a DVD or rebroadcast it. Oh, right. I'm sure the music rights are insane. So that right. that's probably why, you know, they showed it the one time and it's never been showed since. Gotcha. Um, but uh, my God, there's like so many great interviews on there. And again, dovetailing into what we're going to talk about. Tonight. Were you able to find it? Yes. Well, I was oh. able to, there's, it's nine or 10 episodes and I found five of them on YouTube. Okay. So, and I was watching in what particular. Is it's just called Rock and of, Roll. What's that? It's, it's just called Rock and Roll. Okay. Oh, yeah. it's a, one of those documentaries from the nineties. Yes, there are two of them. It was a history of rock and roll, and I think there was just rock and roll from PBS or you something. Got it. That's the one he's talking okay. about. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just rock and roll is the I one. I might actually have that. It's great. Really, I didn't know they ever made it. There, or maybe you got a pirate of it. I don't know, but they. Uh, yeah. No. If if there was a pirate history of, of rock it, and roll was definitely put out. That. All right, the history one definitely was put out on DVD, but just the one that's yeah. rock and roll. And yeah, that's um, the one I was watching. I'll look to see if I uh, if I have something. 
Um, it may or may not, but it, uh, I think it was a little difficult to find at yeah. the time. I had a lot of that on VHS like 20 oh, years so ago. Did I. Yeah. Me yeah. too, man. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of where my head's been lately, too, is just kind of, and again, that's why, you know, I pick one of the movies that we're going to talk about tonight. Right on. So, there you go. So, uh, yeah, so uh, so as far as wallpaper uh, in my world, as John put it so eloquently, uh, I've been <laughs> running the first season of NCIS in the background. Uh, Deirdre made a comment in a post on Facebook about a scene and, and making a joke about a scene from NCIS over the weekend, and it, it kind of brought it up to the forefront, and I was upstairs working in my office, so I just kind of threw it on, and uh, I am now uh, almost through season one. Um, of my review and I stopped watching NCIS in like, I don't know, season eight or nine, probably, probably when, uh, when Ziva left, uh, it was probably when I stopped watching it. So, Ziva. huh? Who's Ziva? Well, if you don't watch the show, then you're not going to know. Um, well, that's why I'm asking. Well, she's, she's one of the agents. She's one of the agents she was on for, you know, five or Who six years. Uh, Cota. Pablo Cote or Cote de Pablo. There you go. See, I do know who it is. Right. So then why the fuck did you ask me? Well, I, I knew who it was once you tried to enunciate who it could possibly be. <laughs> okay. That makes any sense. Okay. So uh, besides that, uh, Deirdre and I started watching uh, a British uh, crime series from 2010 uh, called DCI Banks. Yes. Um, we watched the whole first season of that. Um, I have to say there's... More so than many of the other British uh, crime stuff we've watched, there's an unevenness to DCI Banks based solely mm. on the characterization of like the characters in the show. Like one minute they'll be yelling at each other, and the next minute they're like everything's like totally back to like a normal relationship with them. But like the thing they're yelling at them about is a fairly serious point and they're making it a serious point, but literally in the next scene, it's like that, that conversation didn't happen. And there's no more, there's none of that sort of like, you know, friction there anymore. And it was like, there's just, there's a little unevenness with the characters. I think I haven't found it so far in the second season, but in the first season, there's a few times where it's like, you're just, you just turn, find yourself going like, why is that guy being such a dick? Or like, why is she being such a bitch all of a sudden? And then two, two minutes later, She's totally back to normal. It's like when they shot the scenes, there was more stuff there. And then when they edited them down, the, some of the transitions between during the, over the course of an episode seemed to be a little bit uneven in the delivery, but who knows? Um, and I saw army of the dead and uh, that was essentially my week. Wow. So what you have, would you um, hit your head? I, I, I have been absolutely swamped with book stuff. Uh, I have had calls all week. I have, uh, I have, I completely laid out my whole first book in InDesign, which took me the better part of four or five days. Um, 176 page book. Uh, never did it before, did it myself. And so that is, it's something that I have to pay full attention to when I'm doing it. I can't just kind of do it and have other than having back. It has, I can't watch something new. That's why I've had NCIS on. I have had NCIS on the the lad the better part of the last week just because I can listen to it like it's a radio. Right. Um, yeah. So, but that's 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 why. But uh, and then over the weekends, I just uh, 
I, I worked outside in the yard and the time that I normally would have devoted to movies, I was either relaxing on the front porch or, uh, you know, playing just with the bear. playing with the bear. Uh, that was actually during, uh, that was actually Monday, but, uh, but yeah, we had a very nice visit from a, the biggest black bear I've seen since I've been in New York. Um, I'll never come to your house. Yeah, man. John, I don't know if you're uh, if you're on Facebook. Or, you're on Facebook, but uh, I'm if on you, Facebook. If you, but if you, I, if you, you know, go, friends sometimes they're not part of your feed. You know yeah, if I mean? you if you go look at my page, I posted a, a Facebook live video. Uh, the bear is out about 30 feet out in front of my house, tearing open a garbage bag of ours wow. that he had pulled out of the pulled out of our garbage can. But uh, he just he didn't give a, a, a fucking shit about us 30 feet away from him, shining a flashlight on him. He was just going to town. And I'm just like, so I ran like a minute video of this bear. Wow. Like our buddy Carl was like, clearly saw it come up and like commented like 10 seconds in. He's like, go wrestle it. I'm like, I'm not (laughs) fucking going near that thing. Are you kidding me? Yeah, really? You were Clint Howard and gentle Ben. Come on. Yeah, there there (laughs) you go. There you go. Yeah. If I just still had my full beard, I probably would have gone over there, but yeah, no, no. (laughs) I was going to ask about DCI banks. Do you have, uh, do you have the British streamers like Acorn and um, BritBox? I don't. I it's just what's whatever I have, whatever comes up that's available through Amazon, we're able sure. to watch. I haven't I haven't done a side subscription to BritBox yet. I haven't found anything that I BritBox couldn't live with. BritBox is on yet. Amazon, by the way. Yes, it I is, know. It's yeah. part of Amazon. Yeah, I get I get both Acorn and BritBox through Amazon. Yeah, well, Acorn. I don't know what is that. Acorn is another British streamer. A lot of the older stuff like. Um, I Claudius and upstairs, downstairs. Oh, okay. One pole of the Bailey. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. To name a few. Fair enough. Yeah. I did just... uh, forget one thing that I watched. Okay. Uh, second episode of the boys. Second. Oh, you're only the boys. You're only two episodes in. I'm sorry. Second season. Second episode of the boys. Oh, okay. Okay. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Did you guys see Jupiter's Legacy? No. Good. Have, I have not. I like I it. Have. It's, 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 I have. I, I see it compared, and, and I don't know how you feel about it, son. I see it compared to The Boys, and I do think that The Boys is grittier in a different way, but I do like Jupiter's Legacy. Okay. I'll check that out, too. They're essentially the same sort of thing. They're playing, like, the yeah, they're playing in the same. Yeah, they're playing. Yeah, Ben world. versions of the of the Justice League. I yeah. mean, the boys like bends it way, way, way further than uh, Jupiter's <laughs> Legacy. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. So, and I'm also uh, mentioning screeners. I'm only halfway through the first episode of the new season of Lucifer, but um, I'm talking to oh. Joe. I'm going to talk to Joe Henderson again, the showrunner, the co-showrunner, uh, uh, Tuesday. After after the holiday weekend, and, and this is the official last season, right? No, this is the second half of the fifth season, and then there's going to be a subsequent sixth season of just eight episodes that's already filmed and post production is done. But in typical Netflix fashion, we probably won't see it for a year or so. Oh. Wow. Okay. But yeah. yeah. All right. Well, okay. Uh, I guess we've mm-hmm. suffered enough. That a boy. So. <clears throat> For John's uh, accompanying film, I'm definitely not going to call it a guilty pleasure because uh, I think it I think it is actually fares better than that. Uh, Grace of my heart. Denise, this is Howard Kazan. Uh, it's to me. Oh, 
Denise just did something you'll never do. She wrote a number one hit. And what if I can't think up another one like that? Keep your eyes and ears open. Everyone is in pain. Denise, we need B-sides. Well, you know, I sort of write with girls, you know, like myself. All her life, she wrote songs for other people to sing. This is only until I can record my own stuff. You're either a singer or a songwriter. Which is it? I'm both. Until she listened to her heart. Would you consider writing a song with me? I think we'd make a good team. You haven't written a single song since you got caught up with this guy. He's costing me money. And found her own voice. I'm a singer, and I'm going to record my own stuff. Stop! I think we should try to make it, uh, fake. If you could just pick yourself up, you'll realize that the guy let you down, not your talent. I put myself out there, and they didn't want me. What's it going to take for me to get you to see your spark? What's the name of that song? It's a great song. You think okay? about it? Think about it. It's in my system. <clears throat> think about it. I can't get it out. Nineteen ninety-six, directed by Allison Anders, with a running time of one hundred and sixteen minutes. A quasi-biopic follows the life of a young woman from the late fifties through the seventies who dreamt of being a singer but doesn't stand out and instead ultimately becomes a hit songwriter. We accompany her through her various phases of her life as she builds a career in New York City, writing hits and eventually moving to California, including her eventual breakdown and renewal. John, what do you love about Grace in My Heart? A lot. Again, I, as I said earlier. Um... I'm always fascinated by these stories about the music business. And in a lot of ways, I mean, it's pretty painfully obvious if you're at all a music fan that it's, it's loosely based on Carol King's story. In fact, uh, Jerry Goffin, her former husband and uh, co-songwriter that is uh, played by Eric Stoltz in the film, essentially. And Ileana Douglas plays the Carol King character. Uh, Goffin himself, was a big part of the production of this film. Oh, okay. And it really captures that Brill Building era, which again, fascinates me. And it really is that period between the beginnings of rock and roll with Chuck Berry and, uh, you know, uh, Little Richard and Fats Domino and people like that. And it's that period right after that where Goffin and King and uh, Lieber and Stoller and, and these songwriters, Barry Mann and Cynthia, I forget, Cynthia, Cynthia not Cynthia Gibb, I can't remember her name, yeah. But these were the people that were in the Brill Building in New York, and they were they were writing songs, and they were being fed to the doo-wop bands and the right. girl groups and everything um, that was happening alongside the British. Well, it started pre-British invasion, and yeah. then it was continuing. Her story continued alongside the British invasion, and you saw uh, that you know the songwriting that she would do would then get turned to teenage stars and stuff. And I love the fact that this movie has a great cast. Uh, that are all, you know, have nice supporting roles, if not cameos. And really, from the beginning of the movie all the way to the end, um, you know, Matt Matt Dillon's fantastic in this. Um, Bruce Davidson is fantastic in this. Totoro basically playing a Phil uh, Spector awesome. kind of character and stuff. Yeah, Bridget Fonda is great as Leslie Gore. If you, I didn't even know if you guys recognize that's who she was basically supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. And Patty Kensit is fantastic. So, I mean, that's I, really, it's just top to bottom, this like great cast and it's a great story. And, and you know, again, some people really want, oh, I want real names and stuff. It, and there's, there's, I mean, the reason why I think it's kind of a guilty pleasure is the idea that Matt Dillon represents a Brian Wilson sort of character 
then you know she goes from being married to i think i see his son possibly rolling his eyes a little bit or maybe not maybe i'm reading something into it but i just <laughs> it's silly it's it's silly but it but i just bought the soap opera that they constructed for this film and i really i i just again i uh, there's enough of the truth of the trajectory of where rock went in this movie that you know i i'm okay with the aliases and and fake characters that they created for this but yeah it's just a fun movie to me i think it's great yeah i i i I very well knew of this film uh as i told you before we started um this is not a movie that i uh, probably ever would have gravitated to to watch uh i i thoroughly enjoy movies of this nature uh, I, I like films about the music industry and about the different the time periods and stuff like that. And generally, they're for the most part pretty successful. I just it just never really I never really would have thought of this movie as something I wanted to to, to dig into and actually spend the time with. Um, that being said, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, I thought it was like you said, it was great as this sort of thinly veiled look at the mu- a certain slice of the mu- of the american music history um portrayed through this quasi fictional character built around a group of other people all all fictional but obviously covering it that all like the bases like you say if you're somebody who knows american music history you're going to be able to put those labels on people as you go through the movie like you said i thought i thought john turturro stood out way above i mean i thought matt dillon was great in this but i didn't think that he was stretching very far i don't think i think matt matt dillon is a great actor does Um, he ever what's that does he ever stretch far um i like him in something about mary i think he showed some comedic chops that i wasn't expecting okay fair enough i just uh (laughs) yeah I, i okay uh, anyway, uh, Hassan, Hassan, what do you got? It completely fucking derailed me. I just... Yeah, nice job, Lay, you idiot. Hassan, thoughts, grace of my heart. Well, um, You're, you, 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 of all of us, you have actually a bit, a bit uh, more insight into this world than uh, than us. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know these people specifically, but I know. I know. Oh my god, I know so many people like them, and I know just the tentativeness of that of that world of you know you're hot, you're not, you're you know you're this, you're that, you know, and uh, you know people riding other people's coattails, um, which you know happened to her quite a bit. You know, it's a little difficult. I, I like Ileana Douglas. You know, um, I like her a lot. In, and uh, I know that she was uh, she is a big proponent. She was behind the the production of this film. Like this is a this is like a, a pet project of hers. I think she did a fantastic job. It's it's a little <laughs> this is a personal thing. It's a little hard to get behind a character who's an heiress, you know. And it's like, come on, lady, you know, like even if even if this doesn't work out, you're gonna be okay, you know. But. Um, and they, they do give you the, the the pathos in the beginning where her mother just kind of walks out on her yeah. at a moment of triumph. It, it, you know, a lot of these people are despicable. A lot of those, you know, like, and, you know, I mean, Phil Spector, you well, know, we know about that, right. right? We know how that all ended, right? Um, so it's like him him being like the, 
him being her her anchor back to her to find her moral compass at the end was a little bit like oh man come on yeah <laughs> that's not you know but i get it it i i think it was really well done i think i i like the movie i know it was made very cheaply and they made a lot of money for it because i think it was made for something crazy yeah, like two hundred thousand dollars or something like that and uh wow okay that's not what i all right i saw that in the reverse you can see the money didn't go into the costumes in the in in the like Eric Stoltz looked ridiculous. <laughs> like he looked absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Eric yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah they, they didn't Eric, bring it. some stuff in out of your closet. Had the Phil Spector wig going and everything. Yeah. Yes, yes. And it was like and it stayed exactly the same no matter what time era they were in. Like all the three time yeah. eras, it was exactly the same. Um, but he didn't specter out, you know. Like you would figure, okay, if you're if you're doing a, a, a avatar for Phil Spector, you're gonna have to do the hair eventually, and he and he just didn't do it. Yeah, but I mean that's the thing. Um, I mean, it, like they they start with the real people as characters, but then it really does become its own thing, right? You know, where, right, you know, right. yeah. I mean, and that's why I, I appreciate what you're saying about. I still would have the real Phil Spector. If I was Totoro, I still would have I still would have insisted on spectering out towards the end. You Showing know, up in the back still after. like I, you got to <laughs> You gotta go with the afro at the very end of this story. It's very touching. It's a touching film, and I think, in spite of herself, Ileana Doug- Douglas like really pulls it off. In spite of the story, in spite of like the the, the true nature of the character, and that she's an heiress, and you know, because everybody kind of has the same reactions. Like you're an heiress. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah. yeah. What are you crying <laughs> for? You know, what, are you, what 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 the hell's the matter with you? And she, because because of her ability to uh to to act and you do feel that you know the deepest is she's really trying to make this life work and not go back to that situation. So that's that's why she doesn't come off as a as a spoiled princess. I I think I saw this movie in the nineties. I think I think I saw it way back because it was it was kind of a phenomenon. Like it was a like a cable phenomenon. Yes. Like where people were talking about like it was it became a big deal. Yep. And it was like one of those movies that slipped through the, the radar, and then suddenly there's everywhere on cable. Like you couldn't you couldn't uh, use any cable channels without like coming across it. Uh, so I, I I enjoyed it. It's a you know it's not too close to home for me to 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 not be able to appreciate it. It didn't it didn't make me miss that lifestyle though. <laughs> it really did. So yeah, uh, I I was I, I think it was a good movie. I enjoyed what, what- it. I understand why you like the it. things I liked about it too was, you know, and I, and I could see where someone could come into this. And I mean, it follows a fairly, a fairly decently sized span of, of her life. Yeah. And it, and it hits a lot of, there's a lot of events that take place and it's a lot of sort of just strung together, little, almost set pieces. I don't want to necessarily call it a slice of life film, but in a way it kind of is. There's a, a lot of these little, cause they don't go into great depth as they go through the film into any of these long scenes. You just sort of, it's sort yeah. of like a highlight reel almost, but, but they go deep enough to have real emotional resonance with almost all the sequences that they do. Uh, the, so I kind of like that, the fact that they were able to pull that off. And, and a part of it, I think, is a great cast. And that, but you go through and you get all these like almost short little sequences. It's almost like an anthology film because you get all these short little scenes and then like it bounces. Yes. It bounces. It's like she, you know, she wins the contest. And the next scene is literally 11 months later. And she's, you know, been there for 11 months and nothing's happened. You know, so it's like, it's like, yeah. okay, so what's the next key spot in in her life you know there's there's a lot of subtle little nods like the 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 
singer that she was talking to, to who convinced her to change her mind in the very beginning. Yes. And then Douglas is, you know, is watching her and says she's definitely going to win. And she's not even one of right. the, the, the the three, you know. And, then, you know, there's, there's, there's some subtle stuff uh, that was said without actually saying anything yes. about it. And then she ends up uh, not it's not that girl, but she basically ends up raising uh, one of the girls in the band. Oh, yeah. Was like, hiring. Yeah. yeah. Hiring the kid, but basically raising the kid herself. Yeah. Um, even though it was a you know kind of a work for hire situation, <laughs> there's a lot of like little. I mean, well, it's fine. I mean, there's there's a, there's a lot of little subtle things in it that it doesn't bother to, and not, and not that it needs to, but it really doesn't really bother to elaborate. Lets you figure it out. Like you see, the girl was pregnant at twelve, right? So you kind of put together that you know, mo- like in a, three scenes later, she's working for uh douglas's character so you figure they've okay where well, they worked something out where right, you know right. that, that she took her in somehow or yep. you know um and there's a lot of conclusions like that the movie doesn't really um it doesn't it doesn't coddle yeah, it doesn't you dumb down in, it's not dumbed down at all. A, yeah it expect yep. it expects yeah. that you're paying attention so i mean it, there's there's some you know there's some really good stuff in it it's just it's kind of hard it's, it's it's another situation where it's just hard to watch someone allow themselves to be treated like a doormat for the for an entire film you know i don't care if it's brian wilson you know like don't let him hit you in the head with a box because you know because you think someone stole his his uh, tapes his recordings you know yeah it's like fuck you dude i'll push you off this cliff you know don't you know in front of kids you know and then there's a couple of sad scenes where she walks away just before he prays he he sings her praises about how you know incredible she is just you know, those things drive you crazy, you know, as a viewer. It's like, oh, come on, <laughs> you know, just, no. just let the woman win one battle, right. you know. But yeah, like I said, it's a good movie. It, it, it's successful because, like I said, regardless of what her circumstances, you do really care about uh, Ileana Douglas and, you know, you want to see her succeed. Yeah. Um, well, I did. I don't know about I don't know about anybody in general, but I I definitely did. So I consider that a there success. Uh, Lay, had you seen uh, had you seen this before? No, I, it's one of those movies that I knew about and just thought I would never see. It just didn't seem like a topic I would find yeah, like like me. Yeah. Interesting. But it was I always knew the title. I always knew it was there. Uh, and thanks to John. Now it is here. <laughs> good or bad. And, I, and I cannot get away. Uh, Did I arm and dangerous you once again, Latham? I'm no, sorry. no, no, not at all. No, no, nothing, nothing can compare to Armed and Dangerous. And we <laughs> tried with many guests to find a worse movie, and we we haven't succeeded. Not yet. <laughs> we, we, we have definitely tried. We have definitely tried, or others have tried. Um, no, I like this movie. I, I I'm surprised it had that low of a budget. I mean, I'm one of those people that always looks in the background of scenes when it's not taking place in present time. And I always look at the cars and I'm like, wow, they got yeah. all kinds of old cars lined up and no, no location seemed like not existing in the time period it was existing. So you can, you can put that, I think on the director and we haven't mentioned her yet. Uh, Alison Anders. I mean, she's, she's made some interesting movies yeah. uh, before. I, I actually have seen gas food lodging, which yep. I think yes. is an interesting movie. I don't love it, but it's, you know she's a she's definitely an auteur and i think the the first thing i noticed about this movie is just the the care and time that was taken to like especially at the end with these 
photographs of, you know, these still images of who are, you know, the characters in the movie that she took the time to like get these black and white photographs and, and that just adds to it feeling real. I assumed it was based on someone's life, but then as it went on, I'm like, okay, these aren't real care. These aren't real people. So maybe they, she just came up with the story and it was loosely based on something. Am I right to say it's based on Carol King? Is that what you're saying? Or? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So that's yeah. unquestionable. Okay. So, and I don't know her story. So it felt real as it went along and uh, Ileana Douglas carries the whole film. Um, I, I agree with Hassan though. It's hard to watch someone get stepped on over and over and over and over. <laughs> and it just, it grates on you a little bit, but she fights. It's probably a feminist movie because uh, all the guys in this movie are shit bags. Yeah. I mean, Eric Stoltz is a shit bag. Matt Dillon, kind of a shit bag. Yes. Um, uh, Bruce Davison, Somewhat of a definitely shitbag. Yeah, he's, he's screwing with her mind. Yeah, he's a shitbag. And John Turturro, I mean, he he's you know he's 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 a shitbag. I'm gonna call him a shitbag. He's he's at the end, he's kind of on her side, trying to help her and whatever. But he's a shitbag for a lot of this movie. He's he's kind of <laughs> in it for his own thing, and and they try and play it off as he's he's just a guy trying to help someone. And I I don't know. I that that it didn't really bother me it's just like again it feeds into the fact that she's she's got to fight everyone she's dealing with this in this movie and that she has this baby and then she's got to go get this abortion and then this and this and this and you know fuck man your life is just tough and um i you know it, i the other thing there's some this is just a real technical thing there's a few real sloppy edits in this movie like bad edits yeah that, that took me yeah. out of the movie oh and uh a couple in the beginning it's 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 nothing big it's just if you've made the rest of the movie so well why didn't you fix these two things at the beginning and then this one at the end i should have wrote them down what they were but they were just simple character cuts where someone's doing something and you cut and they're doing something else and that always bothers me when you don't take the care to, to get that right. But, sure. uh, but overall uh, I enjoyed it and I didn't think I would at all. I didn't think this movie would inter interest me, but it kept my attention the entire time. And uh, you know, each, each time yeah. they brought in an actor or an actress from the nineties, it was cool to see them like Bridget Fonda appearing out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. And said, everyone was like, one of those, those actresses that had something in the 90s and then now they're a part of this ensemble piece and I thought that was cool. Well, uh, am I right? Buscemi's one of the Everly Brother guys, isn't he? I don't know. Is that true? Oh, I did not, I did not know, notice that at all. I could be wrong. If that's the case, I did not. But, but uh, I, and I, and I didn't check the cast to, uh, to, to uh, confirm that before. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I but you know. the cast list, but yeah. You know, but yeah, it might be uncredited. I don't know, because it sure looked like him. But also, uh, as you were saying, uh, Latham, the the fact that he is, or, and and Asani said it too, the fact that she is constantly being abused by all these relationships and stuff. That's kind of the soap opera thing that makes me. That's where I put it in that guilty pleasure kind of. It's like you know, yeah, that's I wouldn't call it a flaw, but just that choice does kind of make it like okay come on and it has that almost lifetime movie kind mm -hmm. of feel to it because of those kind of recurring stupid things 
but in spite of that, I think the music's fantastic. Yeah, because I think at the both, good. it's both reminiscent of the time, but it's also it feels fresh as well. And that really impressed me. And I know uh, Jerry Goffin uh, was very much involved with uh, the music supervising <laughs> of this and everything and, and production. So I think that's cool. And, and also just the weirdness, because uh, it, like uh, Carol King wasn't involved in this at all, but Goffin was. So it is kind of weird that the ex-husband is kind of telling this version of her story. And, I, you know, I don't remember if, was, if her daughter, if their daughter was involved or not. Cause she became a, she, she became a singer as well and worked a lot with her father in, in subsequent years and maintained a good relationship with both. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's, um, Allison Anders is the sole, sole writing credit on it. So. Um, okay. And, and I don't see, uh, uh, I don't see, don't see Jerry Goffin. I know. I don't see uh, uh, Buscemi listed anywhere. Even okay. If, even and like if, I said, it might've been, might've been a different actor. might've been an uncredited cameo i don't know because it's literally like they don't have any dialogue that everly brothers uh right you know duo that is supposed to be the everly brothers essentially um yeah i mean if they're if they're the click brothers yes then it's david williams and andrew williams oh excuse me okay there you go yeah i didn't uh but i'm just i'm looking through this cast list and uh there are a couple, there's at least one name that jumps out at me and I didn't, I didn't recognize him in the movie, but um, when they were in the studio uh, after she, uh, with the Riptides, uh, the engineer was Jay Maskus from Dinosaur Jr. Oh, wow. I was, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I was just, when I was watching and I'm like, that guy looks like somebody and I didn't think about it again at all. But now I look at this and I'm like, that's why he jumped out. I'm like, I thought you were going to mention uh, Richard uh, Schiff uh, at the beginning. Oh, right, right, yeah, and his little, stuff. his little one little scene. Yeah, he's just like, can I burst your bubble some more? We're all trying to have my tape back. Yeah, we're trying to figure out how to get rid of the ones we have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but that's, dude. I've been in studios like that in my radio career, and and it, you know, I. Uh, I realized um, when I had my, on my 16th anniversary for the podcast, um, I was talking about my career and I'm like, I really wanted to work in a recording studio or a uh, of some sort when I saw help for the first time. Mm -hmm. And there's that great scene where they're recording. You're going to lose that girl. Right. And that just fascinated the hell out of me and seeing all the equipment and um, in grace of my heart, uh, my, I was very lucky to have a high school radio station, not only a college radio station and being in the shadow of Chicago, a lot of the, uh, parents <laughs> that were at my high school worked at WGN radio yeah. and we got a lot of their old equipment, uh, oh, nice. to, to work with. And really a lot of the mixers and the, and the turntables and stuff reminded me of my high school studio radio studio days. <laughs> So I just love that kind of stuff. That that atmosphere just always suckers me in. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this. It was this was a fun movie. Um, you know, this is this is one of those things you just kind of run across, and like like Latham said, you don't. You know, we knew about it. It's not a movie that would ever. You know, there's a there's a thousand other movies I would watch before I would have watched this. Sure. You know, and I think Latham can probably you know uh, agree with me there, but. Um, you know, I'm I'm really glad I saw this. This was a this was a really fun movie. I I would I would put this right up there with uh with that thing you do, um which came yes, out around the so. same time. Um, it's you know it's similar feel to it, 
Um, I think I think in that movie they go a little deeper into some of the storytelling about the guys than they did in this. This was Most more definitely. of this was kind of a larger window, but yes. um, but I think that they went a little deeper into some of the stuff in that movie. But very similar, um, not only time periods but also um just very similar feel to them uh but i think they're both i think this one this one didn't get the obviously the tom hanks kind of push that uh right. that that thing you do got uh for obvious reasons but um i think it certainly uh i think it certainly would have deserved it so but uh, no that was uh that was that was fun well that's good i feel like i've redeemed myself from my uh, arm to dangerous <laughs> but, uh no but um <laughs> Maybe after oh, a we couple still don't forget it. All right. I'll take a couple more episodes, I guess. That's all right. Um, well, John, uh, thanks so much for coming and visiting us again. Oh, guys, my pleasure. Seriously. I, I you know, Stevie puts up the bat signal and I immediately uh <laughs> flip off the Shakespeare bust and uh you know fly down the bat pole and come running. Dust uh, off I, the I, old eighties on candy movie. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah, I, well I, that's why I brought now, like I said, that'll be the, the, the mantra moving forward. We'll always be to uh, recommend better films than Armageddon Dangerous. Although <laughs> I, I probably have, I mean, dare we, I would, dare we re- revisit America-thon? One of the ooh, worst 70s cow. comedies ever. I'm not sure really? I've ever seen it. America what? It's America-thon. It's called America-thon. And it, it bums me out because it was conceived. It's The idea came from this great sketch comedy group called the fire sign theater sure and never get their due for their importance to comedy sketch comedy and it was an idea that two of their guys had and i've actually had um phil proctor one of the surviving members on word balloon a couple times and i love talking to him because he's this like a really genius like comedians know about the fire sign theater and how great they were that same period when there was the committee and the credibility gap and you know um uh that's where lenny and squiggy came from uh, i believe one of the two and and harry Shear and you know people like that you know christopher guest and people like, i mean it was just a great time for for sketch comedy and that's why i really love these guys and americathon is so horrible it's so bad and it's got a big cast of people that you would know well, well let's oh, not yeah. see that then <laughs> yeah I, I, yeah that's right you know that's why i said dare we and if you guys are like no we don't want to be no pain no pain I, I, I was gonna say i mean maybe your goal really here should be to out to 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 one not one up but one down one down exactly well, that's why <laughs> i'm like, down I from armed and good, dangerous as i Impossible. always say that's a good cockroach race i don't care Impossible. who wins it's still disgusting so yeah <laughs> uh, armed and dangerous is in my bottom 10 now I, that I, is John, awesome. I want you to know. What did it push? What did it push up? Room for there with you. What did it push up? Uh, probably <laughs> David Lynch's hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> and that's saying something because that movie's god awful. Oh my god. Is the terrible Italian uh 3D Western coming at you in oh, your bottom? Have you ever coming seen it? Coming at you. I've never seen it. Oh, I saw it. that. It's horrible. Ah, that was Old in that, Theater in Skokie, Illinois. In that oh, 80s wow. revival of 3D. Yeah. What year? Oh, God. Like, it would have been 80s. It would have been like 81 or 82. Yeah, it sounds familiar. It's coming at you. Um, 
really bad. 1981. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they ostensibly give you a story, but it's basically an excuse to poke things into yep. the camera lens. I remember that now. I, they I got a scene where a, a guy is like a pouring a bag of weed or something that's, or maybe it's a bag of coins, but that's one of the 3D effects and you're just like, ah. Oh. Oh my God, Victoria Abril is in Yeah, this. just I just looked at her. I'm like, oh, oh I remember her from Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down. Yes. Oh, babe. Bad, bad movie. That's funny. That maybe, one- maybe we don't aim for bad movies. <laughs> I hear you, bud. You know, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We should pick a mo- pick a month and and ask for guests to pick their their least favorite films of all time to watch. Yes. To have us watch and discuss someone's least favorite films. You know, depending on the person, they might be even just be able to reconstruct what they hated about it up from memory and Wikipedia alone <laughs> to, to be able to handle. You might pick something good. It. You might pick something good that everyone else likes. Like right. I would pick, pick true romance and then uh, everyone else would love it. So that's I like true. true romance. Everyone yeah. does. Everyone does. You know, for me. I'm sure That's someone else out there. I like the director's cut. I'm sure like someone out there, Latham, doesn't like true romance. I'm sure you're not completely alone. I've never met someone who doesn't like that movie. Okay. Any of you who doesn't like Sarah Lee or Land, let us know. Yeah, if you if you if for, if, if for any reason you don't like true romance, reach out to Latham Conger on Facebook and 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 let him know that you're with him. You stand with Latham. We will have you on the show. If you do not like true romance, and if you, if, our special if you don't hear back from, them, from him within seven days, it just means he's on another band. <laughs> oh, gosh. You can't escape your fate. Johnny, good talking to you, pal. Guys, seriously, I love to. I, it was a pleasure. It was fun the first time, fun the second time. Uh, anytime you need me, I'll I'll, I'll show up. Fantastic. Please be on soon, John. Sooner than later. <laughs> 2023 would be preferable. <laughs> I look forward to the next Olympiad. That'll yeah. be great. <laughs> after, after the new one. After the one. Right? All right, Johnny. Take care of yourself. Thanks so Thanks, much, guys. buddy. Hey, Have a good night. John. See you, pal. All right, later. Uh, are we done done or are we? Uh... Yeah. Oh, that was, I, John, should I leave done or are we, are we oh yeah no, no unless you want to hang out yeah you're welcome oh, i'd love to hang out but i gotta be honest i'm yawning i, I feel bad guys oh no, that's all right. over I the feel place. bad no we always keep you up too late so i'm usually <laughs> up later and stuff but no thank you this was oh, it was a blast i appreciate it no you're at you're you're absolutely welcome and uh we'll we'll be in touch soon and we'll get you back on all right we'll talk about the bradstreet stuff, stuff too stevie oh absolutely buddy absolutely all right cool all right see you pal see you guys bye 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 john, bye, john. One more. <laughs> all, all right. Uh, so, thanks to Fesley and Music. Please check out our website at cinementalpod.com for all of our previous episodes. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Cinemental wherever you enjoy your podcast. And you can always listen to new episodes at cinementalpod.com. Also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at cinementalpod. For Asan Godman, Latham Conger III, John Suntries, and myself, we say thank you so much for listening. And as always, in the words of our friend and songwriting wannabe singer, Truman Burbank. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.